Welcome to the latest episode of Endgame Sports NFL. Today I'm here with Tristan and we're going to be discussing Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks uh, this season will be following the Oakland Raiders through the training camp as head coach John Gruden, star receiver Antonio Brown, quarterback Derek Carr and company attempt to end Oakland Raiders' ineptitude and bring them finally back to winning ways. Tristan, what were your thoughts on the first episode? Um, hi Mark, it's good to be here. Uh, the thing I would say all in all... Um, when watching the first episode is that I kind of got this feeling of Hollywood straight away through Hollywood of obviously how Hard Knocks is filmed. I mean, it shows us the best bits and for us to, you know, make judgments on um, and Hollywood in the sense that how the Raiders camp actually was. It seemed to be, you know, a bit of a holiday, uh, you know, in Napa Valley um, at the Marriott, uh, you know, um, so all in all, I would say not great first impressions in regards to, you know, t uh, work ethic and, you know, absolute intensity compared to other Hard Knock episodes. But um, yeah, it was an interesting one to see all in all, considering obviously the main point of Antonio Brown coming to the Raiders after all the controversy over the past six months. Um, of what he's been going through. I, I mean, I thought it was definitely intriguing. I mean, right at the start, it started off with Antonio Brown, and for the first 15, 20 minutes, it was pretty heavily predicated on him. I thought he they bought him as a blockbuster trade after, as you said, such a tumultuous last six months, all the things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was funny how the first the episode started off with their game breaker breaking down <laughs> after, this, after this mysterious foot injury they wouldn't talk about which we shortly found out after the episode was because he hadn't he apparently hadn't worn the right shoes during during a cryo recovery. I mean how can you shoes can, helmets he doesn't like equipment at all it seems. I mean uh. and then and then and then a couple of days after after the foot injury he's complaining about the helmet like he tried to take the NFL to court about wearing his own helmet. I mean how Hollywood is he? And then you take ah. you go further onto that and then he arrived to training in a hot air balloon. How mm. does the I'm lost for words like this? I don't know how he's the best wide receiver, mm. but honestly, as a person, I know maybe it's just how the cameras portray him. But it seems hard to really. It's not someone I don't think I think I would really gel with. What do you think? I think his attitude is completely off. I I completely agree with you. Um, there were glimpses which obviously he tried to show off for the camera by training too intense uh, compared to how he should have done based on his uh, foot injury and his trainer going on saying, yes, Antonio can't, can never hold back and all of that. He goes full in or he doesn't go in. I think that was all, you know, uh, a show. I, I don't I don't really believe in that. Um, obviously, hearing about the helmet more in news stories rather than on the first episode of Hard Knocks, you know, it's 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 got heads turning. Um, Antonio Brown really is the topic of controversy. But even, you know, going back to the hot air balloon, as you mentioned as well, you know, comments he made, uh, su such as the basketballs, right? Um, when they were saying you can fit, I think it was 10,000 basketballs in that hot air balloon. And he looks at this woman with a straight face and goes, have you ever tried it? And then goes, no, no, of course you wouldn't try it uh, because then they'd all fall out. And he was serious. That was really concerning to me by the fact that his thought process thought, obviously, this isn't physically possible um, in terms of the hot air balloon going up 
or you know they would never fill it with basketballs but the only problem would be that they'd fall out um so that has me concerned about um his overall mental state um whether that's him reacting to the controversy controversy sorry that he's been in um whether that's due to i know it's a sensitive topic but can do with a lot of the hits that he's taken over the career um it, it's a really concerning situation and i think one character that really stood out to me as well during that apart from antonio brown was um jonathan abram uh the mississippi state strong safety that was drafted this year i think his attitude was absolutely appalling um, especially when Gruden was going out there giving a whole speech saying that we're going to be people's nightmares, don't believe in dreams and everything. And then he has someone like Jonathan Abraham coming after him in practice and pretty much talking back to the coach and the coach taking it, by the way, which I think is hilarious all in all considering of what Gruden uh, says he stands for of being the tough guy. Not so much, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, things he said. I mean, w what do you think about Jonathan Abraham on that? Uh, on a first glance. I mean, straight away, I thought he, I knew he was going to be a star of the show because we're definitely going to see a lot more airtime of him just because of his personality. And I hope it's not all a charade because I think it might be slightly, he's trying to, he's trying to show off to Hollywood. He's trying to like show for himself because some of the comments, for example, when he went to Napa with, when he was in Napa with uh, the other tight end, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. When they went horse riding, that was a fun version of him. Like he knew his horses, he knew colors of horses. Like yeah. that was pretty interesting. Like I didn't see that coming from him, from what you saw from the rest of the episode, where he was a little bit cocky or he like was talking back mm -hmm. to the coach, which is allowed depending on how what the what the situation is. But I was I thought he was definitely putting on for the camera when he was uh, doing that kind of stuff, and I think I don't I wasn't truly impressed by him, but he seems like he seemed like he could become a good personality for the league, and of course the hitting thing. I thought it was completely dumbfounded. I mean, mm. of course, of course, I would, I, I can understand him because they brought, they brought him in to like tackle and so forth. And basically the guy was in his way. Like he didn't, he didn't purposely go for the guy. He was going for where the ball was being thrown and the, t and the tight end mm. was in the way and he just pushed him out the way. And, but it's, a, it's a tough one. I like him, but yeah. there's some things that he, he really needs to improve on. And I thought he, considering what Derek Carr was like, it kind of makes a lot of sense in what Antonio Brown is like. You could see where he's getting it from because Derek Carr was telling his kids to fight for the ball when they yeah. were playing like yeah. little kids fighting for the ball, like by by a dining room table where they could have hit their heads. Like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's not exactly. And he's pulling yeah. Sir to Gruden, and Gruden's talking about talking about like we're going to be nightmares again. Like Abrams is being what the Oakland Raiders are known for. Tough, gritty, scary. So it's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm. It's fifty-fifty with me. I, I can understand a lot of them, but it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, the by the way, the the play you're talking about in Napa Valley was uh, Cleveland Farrell. But uh, going back to the point, um, I, I know what you mean by they like high intensity. The Oakland Raiders do. I mean, there was even a, a poll taken in the league. Uh, in Seattle uh, specifically, right, where it was a no-fly zone defense and the fact that their ball coverage was insane. But they asked the teammates in 2014, would they rather have a strong, uh, sorry, a hard-hitting safety or a ball hawk? 
and they set a hard-hitting safety. So as, as a viewer, you would think, oh, ball, definitely, because then you're, you're more likely to get possession back and everything. But having that hard-hitting, you know, uh, mentality on that field, um, I think just, you know, fills the teammates with uh, absolute joy and confidence and everything that they're going to dominate the game. Um, going on uh, Jonathan Abram in, uh, more, in more detail, uh, I, I agree with you uh, in the fact that he showed some good character and that, yes, I think he was uh, putting some um, Hollywood on for the cameras, uh, you know, because obviously he was a high pick, you know, he was known as the hardest hitting safety in the league in uh, 2018. So he had a lot to live up to. Um, but, you know, going to the Derek Carr dinner, I mean, I don't know if you remember the conversation uh, when they were talking about Derek Carr's paycheck, right? And about the kids never never having to, you know, uh, work a day in their lives because their daddy earns so much money. Um, and he pretty much says, a rookie, Jonathan Abram, that if he had that, if his, if his daddy had that much money, he wouldn't play in the league. He, he wouldn't work. So go giving a really bad impression straight away about, you know, his work ethic. And is he in this for the money or does he actually want to play in the league? You know, that that's a question I've got, I've got me asking. Uh, of course, of course he likes football. But of course, there's also reasons why he's playing football. Not everyone wants to play football. But a lot of people still, as you know, do it for just so they can survive. Because eh? it's a good way to make money and you can make quite a lot of money in a short span of time. And a lot of people don't have the choice, and I'm not. Sh I'm sh sorry for my lack of research. I don't know exactly Jonathan Abrams' uh, background, but it doesn't seem like he was the mo. He had the most money in the world, or the most wealth in the world. Of course, he did have a horse, but it's it's one of those where you look at money differently depending on if you have or if you don't have it, and it really does affect your thing. And uh, Derek Carr clearly is more, in a way, it seems disciplined in how he wants to bring up his children. And Abrams is a lot younger. Eh? Remember, this is what the sixth season for uh, Derek Carr now. You grow up, and mm -hmm. it's Abrams' first season. So it makes it, it makes it a lot more different. As you get older, you're immature. Eh? And when you got that money at 21 or 20, and you then you're seeing Derek Carr with 120 in front of you, you're like, <coughs> wow. That's uh, I would never have to work again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously, he needs to work on his mind uh, mindset, and he is young. You're absolutely right. So he has time to change that. Um, but you know, Gruden's drafting philosophy. I mean, you know, bringing in Vontae's perfect as well. Absolute penalties galore. I know he's one of the hardest hitting out there, but. You know, you've got uh, heads turning. Also, bringing in Richie, Richie Incognito. Do you know the story behind that? That he wanted to allegedly chop off his dead father's head. And when disallowed, he was he threatened to shoot the funeral home up. And there were actually guns found in his truck. He was then given a two-game suspension for misdemeanor disorderly conduct. And two months later, the Oakland Raiders signed them. I mean, is this is this turning out to be another Bengals team or what? I mean, the the controversy is all here and it's got it's got heads turning. I mean, do you think this group of such attitudes is really going to be able to gel together in the locker room? I mean, where I do where I see why they picked up these players, if you look at what they the last season, how they were the worst team, I think they were one of the bottom three teams in sacks, in pressure. And how poor the defense was. These are pretty good pickups. Wednesday is perfect, although he maybe give up, give up penalties from time to time, and do some really absurd things. He's a very solid for their kind of defense. And then you see 
Abrams is going to be a very good part of their defense, making them stronger. Like you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to run on them. You're not going to want to pass on them because of the hits that are coming in the middle. So it does make it a little bit stronger. And as you said, Incognito is a good player. He's he's better than what they had last year. So these, of course, the personalities are going to be harder to harder to gel, and that's where I do see a worry for the team. But if you look at the if you look at the episode one. You'd think in the first week you'd already see a little bit of friction, but it seemed the team were reasonably gelling well, considering hmm. considering the amount of people that you have on it and the amount of like problems. As you saw, the only person who well that we really got airtime for was Ronald Ollie, and he was <laughs> he didn't even try. It looked like he was I don't know what was wrong with him. He had a good chance and he just didn't he didn't want it. And I was a little bit disappointed in him. I was really, I was, I really like. I thought he was going to improve throughout the episode, for how the episode started. But at the end, he missed it. I, I was, I was like, what kind of motivation? Like, are you even really in it for? Are you only there for the money and for the lifestyle? It clearly seemed like he didn't really love football. Yeah, I think Ronald Ollie, um, because I was, I was a big fan of the TV series Last Chance You. When I saw Ronald Ollie out there, I did not see a difference compared to his personality from a few years back. Um, it was quite worrying, considering that, you know, Ronald Ollie has spent a lot of money in training for the NFL as well. He has a personal trainer who used to be in the NFL, and he lived in a house with three other NFL picks. So he was in the mindset of, you know, going out there, making the roster. But it just seemed when he finally made the cut, when he finally got there, Yes, he didn't make the cut of the final team, but when he was given the opportunity, I mean, he just gave up. He just had complete self-destructive tendencies. And I don't know whether that is a lack of confidence or subconsciously he just really doesn't want it. But the way his coach was talking to him on the Raiders there was like he was back in community college. You know, he was had to be mentored to that extent and he didn't even make the team. They're obviously going to cut him. It, it was quite sad to see because I'm really rooting for this guy. And I know deep down he has a really, really nice heart. But let's get to the reality of the situation as well. He was a last chance you star. He got that much uh, appearance on TV and he was very lucky for it. There are many out there that have just as good a heart as Ronald Ollie, if not better. And don't make the cut because of just reasons as injuries and stuff yes Ronald Ollie allegedly hurt his leg or something I don't completely believe that if I'm honest but you know the characters out there which I think deserve it more and as much as I root for the guy you know if you're he's just not helping himself at all um there's there's the example of Dakota Allen he got um he came on to Last Chance U he was an absolute example came on had problems with uh possession charges of guns uh, went to um, uh, Last Chance U, East Mississippi. He uh, had a, a great season, great academic year, helping his teammates out, get that grade. Came back to Texas Tech, sorry. Had an amazing, amazing season. He was a leader in the locker room and then got drafted by the Rams in the late rounds. And now he finally has a chance to make it. And he has the right attitude. He He's a brilliant guy as well, really nice guy. And that's the type of guy who will make it in the league from that type of system. System. The attitude for them has, in my opinion, has to be more intense, more wanting it than anyone drafted out of a D1 college. I mean, I think Jonathan Abraham is is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, his attitude, 
Um, yes, maybe intensity on the field is there, but his overall attitude, let's be honest, if he didn't come out, if he wasn't drafted so high, if he laid out a teammate on the field there, I think his chances of being cut are much higher than compared to, you know, of the, you know, uh, or Laurel, sorry, that his college had. So he keeps him there in the roster. Um, something to think about, I think. And true, and another good example is the guy for the Browns who got his contract and he flew all the way to the Browns training camp, begged for an opportunity, showed them, and then on the day of his game, he couldn't, he slept inside outside of, or he slept inside a 24-hour gym, charged his phone there, and OBJ gave him his shoes because he didn't have shoes that day, and he wore OBJ's shoes, and he's and he got and he got a and he returned the punt or the kickoff all the way for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's dedication, and you saw how the team connected to him. Like he yeah. like worked hard and showed that he was worth it. No, 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 Ollie didn't even. No one even really cared to care to be around him because he barely put anything in it. It looked like, like the mm-hmm. first opportunity where things were going a little bit tough. It seemed, he said he had an Achilles injury, and maybe he did have a tight Achilles. That's fair. But then he said no one told him about the thing. Like yeah, that's just poor. And I'm thinking there's so many people who had the opportunity who won that opportunity as well. And someone else, mm-hmm. you know, lost chance you instead, who could have had more determination, and now mm-hmm. we missed that opportunity because Ronald Ollie's Ronald uh, Ollie's taken it, and yeah, now we've now now he's just cut, and then what's he gonna do now? What's he gonna do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's it's really sad to see because there are success stories uh, from the last chance you as well. Dakota Allen, uh, John Franklin third, uh, I don't know if you he was ex quarterback. He's now with the Chicago Bears. Yes, he's on the practice squad, but he changed from QB. To wide receiver at university, uh, Florida Atlantic. First, he was in uh, Auburn, then he transferred to Florida Atlantic because he didn't get the reps at QB. Seriously talented, fast guy. So he changed position wide receiver, then gets drafted by the Bears. Sorry, not drafted by the uh, Bears. It was a free agent contract. Um, and he had to move to cornerback. He had a preseason game. Uh, his highlights are him completely messing up. Completely messing up. He runs a 4 4, he's a fast guy. But as cornerback, he had no experience. He was awful. Now, it puts an absolute smile to my face. One year later, you know, he was putting the practice squad for last year. He caught an interception in uh, practice. And he looks so much more solid. Whether he makes the roster, I don't know. But he cares and he, he gives a damn. He grinds. Ronald Ollie, love the guy. Wish him the best of luck. Just NFL isn't for him. I'm just going to straight up say it. Unless he changes his attitude completely drastically... Uh, whether it's his mental state, whether he just really doesn't want him, wants more of a comfortable light, life, that's up to him. I mean, Freddie Kitchen said a brilliant quote. It was, it was, um, I th- it was for the new Building the Browns episode one twenty nineteen. He said, um, if you don't want to jump out the plane, uh, or something about don't put your parachute on if you're going to jump, okay? Because it's a jump, it's a thrilling jump, and it's it's going to be really hard. If you don't want to be here, don't put the parachute on. Don't jump. Don't waste everyone's time. And I think Ollie was in that situation where he he was wasting people's time, I think. His and the coaches. And if he comes back to another training camp, I'd like to see him turn that around. But I think the chances of that happening are very, very low. If I'm completely honest. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, now moving on to the next couple episodes. There are a couple of things that I really hope they do show a bit more because I thought the the first episode was a little bit tedious and sometimes it did draw on a bit. I thought you could have really put that episode into 30 minutes because some of the things were just mm. unnecessary. So I'm hoping, I don't know if you have any other ideas, 
I'm hoping that they'll show us a bit more about how the actual relationship is between Cor and Gruden and they relate and how how it tra- changed from last year because there was reports that Gruden didn't want Carr at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So I hope they'll ex- enlighten a little bit more about that and how mm-hmm. the relationship is because Carr was saying yes, sir, and so all these kind of stuff. It seemed like it was more like a son and not not a dad, but son to a teacher or son to like an officer mentor. Exactly. Yeah. It seemed a little bit. It was yeah. some awkward. It looked a little bit awkward how they were talking and the fist bumps and the high fives. It looked a little bit awkward mm-hmm. between the two. And then I wonder yeah. you know how the how the fans are feeling about the last year in Oakland. They didn't even mention anything about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree about the relationship with Gruden. Um, there's also one clip on there where um, Gruden says to Carr, "Great throw, bro," and then you see him shaking his head, kind of in disgust that he just said that. Was it for the cameras? Was it a mistake? I don't know. Let's see where that relationship goes. I think it's quite fake at the moment, personally. Um, I'd like to see it work out because Carr, when it's his day, can be extremely talented. Um, and I'm, I'm very much, I think, all in all, looking forward to the next episode. And I think we'll be, uh, I think we'll be introduced to more AB drama. I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, maybe we'll see a bit of the uh, helmet situation going on there because we didn't get to see in the first episode. But I'm very intrigued to... Yeah, see it all in action. Perfect. And let's hope we'll get some fringe players in the coming weeks because it's always nice to have someone to root for in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really want to root for that underdog and unfortunately, I don't think I've found it just yet. Exactly. But uh, thank you very much for Tristan for being on and I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode. If you want to keep on listening, please subscribe to us on all of the major spot, uh, on all the major podcast platforms. If you want to keep up to date with us, you can go to our website, www.thedatabasemedia.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Endgame Sports. Thanks for listening and have a lovely day. See you all next time.